0: Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support.
1: Before my diagnosis, I was in the Word, and I was faithful and I was disciplined, and I was probably at one of the most intimate places in my relationship with Christ. And I was studying the first chapter of James. Um my brethren count it all joy when you fall into trials of various kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, and then you continue from there. And it was talking about challenges and tribulations, and I just hit the biggest challenge of my life right in the middle of my study with the word.
2: Diane McDaniel is the wife of a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, and was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And today on Life Support, Diane and her husband Tim talk about the challenges of ministry and family and living with a mental illness. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was. He was Aaron. a golden boy. All we can do right
0: now is come Extreme together.
2: Extreme domestic violence, multiple
0: rapes. Hey, I'm glad you've joined us on Life Support. We have a lot of fun here, but we talk about serious topics. And one thing that we are really passionate about is telling stories that will help you find a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ in the midst of life's suffering and trauma and many things that get thrown at us. And my special guests are in Georgia, and they are Tim and Diane McDaniel. Tim is a pastor on staff at Eastside Baptist Church there. Diane is his wife, and in our last segment, we were talking about Diane's diagnosis with bipolar and some of the process that she has been going through and some of the difficulties about navigating through church life. And when we left off, I warned them that I was going to ask them a question to start this show, and that is, God says he loves us, God says he wants the best for us. But yet here is a Christian sister, someone who loves Jesus, struggling with bipolar. How does that work? Doesn't seem to, for a lot of people, click. So it's very difficult to imagine a loving God allowing, causing, whatever word you want to use, this to happen. So how, Tim, how would you answer that as a pastor?
3: Well, it, we we know that... Uh that God is omnipotent that is God is omniscient and God is omnipresent and all of that kind of encompasses his sovereignty. He is sovereign over this world. Uh, but yet this world has fallen and sin, it sin, um, uh, just pervades all aspects of our life. And, and so sickness and illness can be a part of life. And, uh, um, You know, there's, there have been people in my ministry who've been through, who've lost family members to cancer and and things, and it's, and life is, life is hard. Life is full of of storms, and, um, and, you know, it's easy to ask God, why, why is this what we're dealing with? You know, and, and we, we know what Paul, Paul struggled with something, and he asked God, on several occasions, to take it away from him. And and God didn't for, for whatever reason. And um, so, you know, we, in, in my weakness, you know, God's glory is perfected, and, 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 and we trust him to carry us through those. There's, there was something I saw over the new year. My sons went to the Passion Conference uh, that Louis Giglio puts on in Atlanta uh, every year and and I'm not sure who said this which speaker said it but said in his providence God can redeem what in his sovereignty he could have prevented so we know that God could have said no, no bipolar you know healthy mind, healthy brain and um, but but at the same time, we know that God doesn't want to remove every storm in our life. He wants to carry us through that storm and mold us and make us more in his image as we go through that, as we lean more on him because of the struggles that we have. And he can redeem, make something beautiful. And, and really, in these last couple of years, um, we've been able to see that and and God is is. Is allow Diane to use her story to bring God God glory and to to minister to others and to encourage others through what she's been through.
0: I think many times we have this feeling like we have to get God off the hook. You know, it's well, you know, um, you know. Let me try to explain. You know what God's doing here, and I don't think really God needs us to do that. I think kind of has His own plan and and He knows what He's doing, but. But Diane, you're kind of in the the midst of this thing and you're finding out about bipolar and, and you're not thinking necessarily theologically. You're going through all kinds of crazy feelings. And did you feel the love of God during uh, the early stages of your diagnosis?
1: Did I feel it? Um, that's a good question. I'm not sure that I felt the love of God. I knew it was there. Um, it wasn't something I could feel, but I knew it was there. And, um, you know, the thing about mental illness is when you're processing mental illness, you need your brain, and your brain is what's damaged and what's affected. And so, it's really hard to do theological breakdowns and to do any any type of um, breakdown with the brain when you have diabetes. Your brain's not the one that's affected. Your brain can tell you, you need insulin. You need to put insulin in your system now. You need, you know, whatever the, however the diabetic needs to manage their illness, they have their brain there to help them out. In a mental illness, your brain is the damage, is the affected part. So being able to theologically and being able to piece together, God loves me was a very hard thing. Yeah. i had I had my peers and my husband there to remind me, but I did not have the ability to process because,
3: god's love because somebody who does have cancer they can still reason and 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 not have their 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 thinking processes skewed and messed up by uh by their illness, and so it's so someone there they can, even though what they're going through might make it a challenge, uh, they can spend time in scripture and, and meditate and and not saying that she can't, but those processes yep. are affected.
0: And I think that's where the Holy Spirit plays um a huge part in this. And I also encourage people, you know, um if you're in a time of kind of relative quiet in your life or or, or peace. Spend time investing in your relationship with Christ because there will come a time when you're gonna to need to draw on some of those investments. And for me, I remember a time um after our son was um was was shot and killed and we had to wait eight eight months in order to finally get arrest. And so the police asked me to come down and and um and sit with the man that they'd arrested to try to convince them to cooperate. And I remember sitting you know across from him and the detective said you know he wants he he's asking you to forgive him and i'm i'm of course i'm completely numb you know i'm i'm like in the twilight zone but all of a sudden all of this theology all of this stuff that i'd invested in just started coming to the surface and all of these different scriptures about you know um you know, make it right before you come to the altar and this and that. And and I knew that I was a sinner and I'm only saved by grace. And how could I deny someone else's request for forgiveness, et cetera, et cetera. And so I knew what I had to do immediately. I didn't even have to really even think it through. But that came because I, 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 somewhere deep inside of me, those truths have been hidden away and the Holy Spirit was now accessing that. And I think sometimes we feel like we have to get through this ourselves. You know, like we have to figure out a pathway forward. Well, not necessarily, because the Holy Spirit is, uh, we are indwelled with the very power of God. And and that direction is inside of us. And he often, you know, there's a a wonderful scripture verse that talks about, you know, um, when you listen to me, i will tell you to turn to the right or to the left and i will help you to know where to go and maybe that's how you were feeling diane maybe maybe there was this man i can't really process and reason through this right now but you you said i still knew yeah that god was there
1: yes that's you you just nailed it with um, the the holy spirit basically because before my diagnosis I was in the word, and I was faithful, and I was disciplined, and I was probably at one of the most intimate places in my relationship with Christ, and I was studying the first chapter of James. Um, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into trials of various kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, and then you continue from there, and it was talking about challenges and tribulations and I just hit the biggest challenge of my life, right in the middle of my study with the word. And I've learned that since that point, I have not been able to memorize scripture. Like I, I had a brain, I could just look at it and I would know it and I could pick it up. My brain just doesn't do that anymore. I'm on medication. I have, you know, I have brain issues and so I can't memorize scriptures, but it's so important when you're at a place in life that you can do that, that you discipline yourself to do so for when you hit storms. Because I, what I knew before I hit my bipolar diagnosis is what I know now and what I carry with me. And it has has been what, what the Holy Spirit has pulled out and said, Diane, you know this, you have this. And in in, in those trying times, my brethren, consider it pure joy. Okay. This is joy. Consider it joy. I don't understand it at the time, but I know the scripture and the Holy Spirit uses it to speak to me. So
0: I don't think we are called to try to understand the why of a certain situation and it's really kind of nowheresville to ask that why question because it'll lead you down a bunch of rabbit trails that you'll never really get an answer to. And, and God has his own secret sovereign will. He, he has no obligation to tell us anything that he doesn't want to. He's given us enough in his word um, for us to, to understand um, his love for us. But one thing that we can be assured of is that even though we don't understand the circumstance, we can know God and God doesn't change. The circumstances in our lives are always going to be changing. The world changes. I mean, I, I am I am shocked, and maybe you would agree with this, at how, how panicked Christians are right now in our culture. And I'm thinking to myself, do you not know who God is? God has not changed. It doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter how the economy is. It doesn't matter if we've got a pandemic or not. God is still God. And, and I just have a heart for the people in my church and, and for believers just to live by that so they can just be at peace. You know? And, and so when you're, when you're dealing with some of the things you guys have dealt with, um, you know God, and I bet you that you can look at me and say, that's what we were pretty much all we had to go on at times. Would that be fair? And so, Tim, when you're when you're in the middle of pastoring other people, and you've got all this stuff going on in your own personal life, how did you find the bandwidth to continue to minister to your family, to continue to pastor, to continue to do all the things you had to do in your normal life, and still shepherd your family through this?
3: Yeah, it was a challenge at the at the early stages. Um, I. I I probably didn't minister to my group as well as I needed to because of the focus and then, like I said, I had family around, and there were there were some people who knew that were there that were supportive and um, and at the and and one of the things that at that time I would do is I would go to hospital hospital visits every Wednesday, and so that was. I think that was, it helped me. It, it, it was medicine to me because I was able to go and encourage. And so often, which is just always blew me away. I always left feeling like I was the one mm-hmm. that was encouraged. That mm-hmm. was ministered to, because they're so thankful that you're taking the time to come and visit them. And at their point of need and they're so appreciative. And, and it was, so I think God used those times to encourage me that helped me realize that, Hey, this is life. Everybody has their, their storms that they deal with and, um, just allow people to minister to you and encourage you. And then as time went on, I began to to learn how to manage that a little bit better. And then when she came out, uh, and and over these fifteen years, you know, our congregation and our especially my senior adults that I minister to um, are so understanding and so encouraging and so um, they they pour into so pour me in. and and they've you know when when there's been times that it's been hard and when whether it might have been a hospitalization and they've come together and bought gift cards to restaurants and and shared them so you know cuz I'm no cook by any stretch of the imagination so we're able to keep up things without it you know being a even greater burden on our bank account because we're already you know um burden with medical costs and things like that and sure so they're, they're very encouraging but it, it just over the 15 years it's you've learned how to navigate you learn how to manage and um, much grace has been extended to us as well as we have gone through all this
2: more from pastor paul and tim and diane mcdaniel in just a moment this is steve johnson executive director of five stone media a co-sponsor of this program. And we're excited to introduce a brand new video curriculum series called Caring for Mental Health. This 10-part series is available at no cost and is designed to help you and others come alongside those who are struggling with mental health. If you'd like to learn more, go to lifesupportresources.org, lifesupportresources.org. And now, back to Pastor Paul.
0: Diane, so um, here we are now, and um, you're still, you know, you're always going to be dealing with this. It's not going to, you know, it's not one of those things where you're going to conquer it. It's going to be something you're going to learn to cope with and deal with. How are you doing right now, and what are some of the challenges that you're still facing?
1: Right now, I'm in a period of calm, and I just, I'm at a good place. I recently launched my book, "Journals from a Broken Mind," to um, in, back in November, and I have come to a place since the you know, even before the book launch, since I wrote the book, that I have not been challenged with the suicidal ideations that plagued me before that time period. I was just plagued with suicidal ideations. I couldn't understand why people want to get up, go to the bathroom. Eat, um, watch TV, go to work, you know, just do the mundane things day in and day out. It just didn't make sense to me. Why do you want to do that? Why? What is the point and purpose? The way my brain was trying to process things. But I'm at a place now that I am at content, I'm at peace. Um, My relationship with the Lord, I have a total peace about, you know, we're living in the middle of a pandemic. I basically woke up, I had. ECT shock treatments, um, after my suicide attempt. And when I woke up, we were in a pandemic, but that has been the best thing for me because I was surrounded by my family. I had, you know, all my boys and my husband and surrounded me in love. And, you know, there just weren't obstacles in the way there wasn't basketball. There wasn't, I had everybody with me. So the Lord just really put me in a very, um, it's, it's a pandemic but it was very, um, healing for me. I did lose my brother. I lost my brother to COVID in November, I mean, February of last year. So it hasn't been a year yet, but he passed away. But even in the midst of that, I still felt God's presence. And I just, I didn't have a mood episode. I didn't have a major, um, mood episode that came from that. So
0: good for you. Tell me, Tell me again how to how to get a hold of the book.
1: You can uh go to my website which is titled journalsfromabrokenmind.com and go to the book section and you're you can click on buy book and get you can have access to it um I I don't sell it anywhere but on my website right now so okay. or if you lived in Georgia you could come to Eastside and get a copy.
0: Okay. Well, let's, I'm going to come down to Georgia. It's a lot warmer down there anyway. Um so Tim I'm going to I'm going to let you have the last word here because um you know we're in the middle of COVID um I think we pastors could probably do 20 shows on what this has been like uh in churches navigating through this but if you could just as the spouse of um your wife who's been dealing with bipolar has you've been watching her you've been watching the church you've been watching how people react to her, what advice would you give someone listening right now that's trying to walk through this with a, a spouse, a friend, someone in their church, their pastor that they know is struggling with mental illness? What, what, are, what would you say to them? How do you do it? Well, uh, it's
3: um, it's challenging, but you... I always have to remind myself, this is not anything of her fault. And so whatever the illness was, you know, I said till, you know, in sickness and health, I was going to be there in support. And, and so God gave me an empathy and, an under uh, understanding of the need for compassion and patience for, for, for her, and it's it's been a journey for sure, but you just have to trust the Lord. He's going to get you through this storm. He's put you in the storm. He, you know, he put the disciples in a storm to turn to him, to trust Christ, and that's my encouragement to others is just don't try to do it in your own power don't try to navigate these storms in your own strength but but depend lean on the Holy Spirit it's like you you said earlier he's he's our comforter he's the one who's going to give us that encouraging uh, reminder of scripture uh, the truth of God's word and so I would just I would just encourage you to be patient with others, especially those with mental illness because it's there is like, like Diane was sharing their ability to process and deal with these things like others. It's, it's, it's impaired. And so you just need to be more patient. You need to, you just need to remind them that you're there for them and that, that God's going to sustain and God's going to carry them through.
0: And you can't fix them. No, absolutely not. Now, even a more important question though, is Freddie Freeman, Going to be a member of the Braves when the lockout ends.
3: Well, he better, or there's going to be a lot of uh, answers.
0: Well, so much for all the patience talk that you just gave. <laughs>
3: yeah. There's always so much right there, <laughs> only so much grace that can be extended.
0: That's right. Tim and Diane McDaniel, uh, your story is inspirational. Uh, I know I've learned a lot, and I'm sure that many who are listening have learned a lot too. Thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Paul. And the Bible says in, in Hebrews 4, that since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And you know we've talked about relying on God, and we've talked about depending on the Holy Spirit, but... This is such an encouraging section of Scripture because Jesus went through everything that we could ever encounter as a human-slash-God man. He, he, he was like us in that way, and, and so there's nothing that we can bring before him that he's going to say, I really have not experienced that, or I don't know what you're talking about, and what a great thing when we're talking about these kinds of issues that are almost taboo at times, or things that we don't want to share with other people, or things that are inside of us that we're ashamed of, or sin that we're grappling with. There is never a time when you cannot bring that to Jesus. He is always waiting for you. He will always understand the depth of your struggle. So I just want to encourage you, when you're walking through these kinds of dark valleys, or uncertainty, or confusion, that you know that there is an opening for you to walk into the throne of God through jesus christ and if you have never given your life to jesus all he's asking you to do is to believe that he is the son of god to understand that you need to deal with your sin and repent of that sin and just say hey i want to follow you and something amazing happens you become a child of god your eternal destiny is secured and your sin is forgiven so i want to offer that to you today as well i'm so thankful for our partners that make this show possible Uh, We are on Faith Radio's platform. We appreciate them so much, MyFaithRadio.com. You can see a video portion of this podcast at FiveStoneMedia.com, and you can catch us here at Ridgewood Church as well at MyRWC.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time right here on Life Support.
2: Life Support is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota.